0: We no, didn't it, talk okay. about it, but it was out the same week that Project Superman was out and we cut Lois and we kept Superman in the discussion.
1: Did oh. we not talk about Lois? I thought we did. I don't no, think because I would have remembered
2: Star. that. I remember Superman, because I remember you guys talking about the dog.
0: Right. We chose not to talk about
2: Lois. Alright, Kid Flash Lost wasn't last week. Was that Lois
3: Lane in the in the resistance number two? It was. Yes. Okay.
2: Uh, was Which Mighty Thor number four last week? No, we're not gonna talk about Lois Lane.
3: Oh, we're not? Okay. Fuck Lois Lane.
0: Oh yeah, and the
2: resistance.
0: Oh, I just yeah. want the resistance to watch. <laughs> Why you always gotta take it too far?
3: Oh, that's too far. No, not <laughs> really. Good having sex with the entire resistance—that's okay. <laughs> but having them watch my beautiful, beautiful love making with Lois Lane—that's
2: too much. Uh, World of Flashpoint number three came out last week. Does anybody wish to chat about that one as well?
4: No, cause I'm a red. I would say I think I'm the only one that loved that series, except for the second issue being crap. So no,
3: <laughs> I I love that series except for a third. of it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it began strong it ended strong. The middle was crap. It was that whole middle part
0: that was a problem.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons number nine.
0: You know I. I I enjoyed it, but I don't know if there's anything new to talk about. It keeps just being kind of what we've already said, so you know, I don't know if we need to talk about it or not.
1: You know the sad part about that one is is that my buddy came over and swiped all that shit, and I didn't get a chance to read Dungeons Track. It's 9.
5: Not... Oh. <laughs> damn.
1: It was because
2: the, the, you know, the storyline in the past did not click with me. I didn't think those couple of issues were really that good, but it's it's back on its the right footing. Okay. I just need to
3: say I've got a really strong policy that nobody touches my comics until I've read them. It's a good policy. And in the to car have. this and in the car this week, Paul reaches behind the seat and grabs my comics. Oh. And I am, I almost
2: pulled the car over. Oh. <laughs> Save it for the show, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> And then I ruined the ends of all of them for him. Just God, a what a dick. <laughs> he read Literally. them out
0: loud. He narrated them as they drove. <laughs> nice. In his British accent. <laughs> so now, hey, real quick, Paul. We see you didn't like that story. Did you mean the couple issues that were flashbacks? Yeah. Okay. When they were falling it. through the portal and they thought back to how they all met. Okay. This I is to continue
1: Aaron's disappointment for you, Wayne.
3: Uh, Tim, I don't need you egging him on. <laughs> So so if you just behave yourself over there, that would be greatly appreciated. He
1: was doing a really good job on his own on Twitter. So. <laughs> <laughs> right but
3: you see but you see, Wayne, you know, I, I couldn't get out there to see Rise in time, but I did watch Escape last night. So I watched list. Conquest earlier in the week while I was working. I uh I really like Escape from Planet of the Apes and I like all of the uh, post beneath the Planet of the Apes movies. I don't care for Beneath.
4: That's pretty much how I feel too. I love the original. I hate Beneath. It's the only one of the movies I absolutely do not like. The- yeah, same
3: here. It's uh, and you know the, the problem is it's not really an ape movie. You know, the movie's not about the apes and it's not the people dealing with the apes. It's about them dealing with the, you know, crazy human mutants, you know.
4: Yep, I love Escape. I like all of them after that.
3: Yeah, but I think I'm going to go see Rise today.
0: Are, are any of y'all reading the uh, new Harry Dresden book? Uh, I am going no. to be reading the Harry Dresden book, and I don't want to hear anything about it until yeah, I have a chance to because no it looks awful.
3: Awesome.
0: I'm done Star with it. Front.
3: I only I only have one thing to say about it. It's not spoilery okay, at right. all. Yeah, go ahead. It seems to me I'm about two-thirds through. It seems very much to me the story you have to read to get to the story you want to read. I, 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 am, I am frustrated by this story. Not that it's poorly written. It's just not the story I want to read. You know, I think my wife had a similar uh, comment. Yeah, I enjoyed one. it, though.
4: Yeah. I uh, I didn't read it, though. I listened to the the audio version with uh, the new – whoever it was, the, the new guy reading it that's uh, Lionel Luther from Smallville.
0: You mean with not James Marsters?
4: Hey, I think he's pretty good. I'm, I'm doing the same thing yeah, right when I'm listening. I was shocked to by how good he actually was at it. He, he doesn't sound exactly like it, but I can – I don't sure just I'm hear – yeah, I don't hear Lionel Luther.
3: except yeah, for when yeah. I think about it and I remember that it's him doing it, and then that's all I hear. No, I think he does. I think he does a really good job. Let me tell you who doesn't do a good job, and that's the guy who's doing the narration on uh, the new Song of Ice and Fire book, uh, Dance with Dragons. It is terrible, terrible. I, I returned it to Audible. I actually, you know, reached out to them and said, "What's your return policy?" Because the narration was so bad. Ghost Story, I mean, I, I'm enjoying the narration and the uh, – like I said, the story's not bad. It's just not the story I really want to read. And I think it was done better in Brian Lumley's Necroscope series because it's very much the same story.
0: I just wanted to get him off Ghost Story before they that's said just, something. Because you yeah, know what? If, well, read, if I had read Necroscope with Brian Lumley, I'd probably be pissed right now. But yeah. thankfully, I haven't read it. <laughs> so I can remain calm. I, well, let me tell you about
3: it.
1: Well, so <laughs> the up. thing is, is that I, I, I only read Stormfront, and I want to read the rest of them. Yeah. So, uh-huh. like, them not spoiling one book might talk about other books. I was like, ah, it's off. Yeah.
4: Stormfront was the only book I didn't like in the whole series.
3: And, and that's what makes it hard sometimes to get other people into because yeah. I always have to tell them, first book kind of sucks. <laughs> you know, it gets a lot better. Yeah. And if you can slog through to book four – was it? It's three, all great. Or, yeah. yeah,
0: it was four was the one where they introduced. But well, anyway, sorry. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Not about that. <laughs>
3: and then the dragon dies. Uh, <laughs> and, so,
0: you know, in real quick, though, if you're looking for anything to read, uh, any of you guys, uh, I just and it's, it's been out for a long time. But I've just read through the first five books of Jim Butcher's Codex Alara series. Is that good? It's really good. Uh, the first is it, book is solid. It's kind of like kind of like Jurassic. The first book solid, but it gets it gets really good. Uh, I still I'm not
3: huge on sword and sorcery kinds of. stuff. You might not like it, to be honest. It uh, Game of Thrones or the Song of Ice and Fire is kind of the exception for me. Right. Uh, but you know I, I I I like Jim Butcher and I think it, his writing has certainly improved over the years. But uh, well,
0: you know, it's, if you like me, have a friend who owns all six. Just you know, borrow the I, first one from them and check it out. Okay perhaps i will do this because uh yeah the first five especially i think it was the third one oh my god the the one called uh cursor's fury was so good yeah so good. my nipples are hard thinking about it mm. yeah that's um not good no <laughs> it is they're like diamonds they could cut cheese Yeah. go on
1: i cut all my they- cheese with diamonds
0: I just want you to know. I cut all mine with
4: Andrew's nipples, so. Oh, shit. (laughs) Which is maybe why I don't (laughs) eat cheese.
0: (laughs) He just cuts (laughs) it and throws it away. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like a waste of food, really. It's better than cutting (laughs) myself.
5: (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, at a local elementary school. Class, today we're going to have a special guest. (laughs) Superman. (laughs) Yeah. That's first token minority, we made him up for this series.
3: Books with Aaron, Polly, Tim Wayne and Andrew. I'm Aaron. I'm Polly. This, this is, is Tim. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> and
0: and this is Andrew.
1: You see that brass ball right there? I grabbed it. I squeezed it. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah. <laughs> uh,
0: good times. I-
2: I'm glad that I unquit
1: the podcast.
0: You mean we're unfired?
1: Yeah, that's what I said. Unquote. You know, I like I like to have you back, Paul, but you should probably like restart your seniority and be back in line with Andrew.
3: That's true. I agree. Well, my name's in the title, and we do have you on probation, Paul.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, if I don't
2: if I don't make it past my ninety day probation, I'm out.
3: And it's important to note they're not ninety consecutive days. Um, We just identify which days apply towards your (laughs) probation period. Gotcha.
2: (laughs) Is Andrew coming up on the end of his 90 days?
3: Um, Yes, yes, and we'll talk about that later.
4: Mm -hmm. So with the whole Ape Week just happening, surely Aaron, you went and saw Planet of
3: the Apes opening night, right?
1: Aaron's a huge Planet of the Apes fan. I'm sure he did. Aaron loves monkey ass.
3: I do love monkey ass. Um, however I have not yet had the opportunity to seize Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, Ah Andrew, you've seen it though, right?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think you're lying. (laughs) 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 Is that because before we started recording I said I hadn't? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I I was lying back then, I'm telling the truth. Uh huh. I think you're a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Well at one point or another. Did
3: Did you sit through the credits to see Nick
0: Fury? (laughs) <laughs> the recruit season for the New Avengers? Yeah, yeah. it was great. <laughs> uh, wait, what? <laughs> Shots. But Wayne, you did go see Rise of the Planet of the Apes, though, right? Oh, yeah, I saw it opening night. What'd you think?
4: I absolutely loved it. I mean, I've, I fully admit I'm a Planet of the Apes fanboy, except for the horrible Tim Burton abomination. This one, I... Th- absolutely loved it beginning to end I thought it did justice to the original series they may have overdone the references to the original series a bit much but yeah I I walked out and I couldn't have been happier with the movie
2: yeah I actually saw it too and uh keeping this conversation as spoiler free as possible for uh Mr. Head over there
3: and Andrew uh,
2: eh, fuck Andrew <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was it was damn 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 good uh uh, I, I will say Malfoy from Harry Potter's in it, and he's the worst part of the movie. So every time he's on the screen, you might as well just snooze for a little <laughs> bit. Um, but other than that, the film is, is really excellent. Um, it, it's probably one of the best films I've seen this summer. You know, It ranks right up there with some of the more enjoyable films this summer, like uh, Captain America or Fast Five. It, it's just great action, and uh, unlike some of the other ones, I mean, actually pretty well written, too.
4: Yeah, I had some concerns cult. going in. I was afraid they'd take it in a few directions that they didn't. So I was very happy with the movie. There is a after-the-credits scene to stay for. So Nick Fury's there. They don't wait until all the credits are over, though. They do a little bit of credits, then they do the scene. So you don't have to wait the whole time. But I think it's also a perfect setup for more Damn Dirty Apes. I, You know, I'm all about more monkey
2: movies. <laughs> well and it's doing really well I think you know it did way more than they expected it to opening weekend um so it, it they're they're definitely talking sequel from what I hear which is pretty awesome you know they, I'd, I'd be okay with the new franchise
4: yeah I thought it was a very intelligent movie too I thought it was just going to be you know all special effects and big pop in your face but you know at least <laughs> at least I thought it was up <laughs> kind of, uh,
2: I think you were thinking of another movie there, Wayne. <laughs> I feel like you need to go take a shower now. Rise of the of the Apes, maybe. Or Planet of the Ass. Maybe that's the movie you're thinking of.
4: Actually, I saw Playmate of the Apes once.
1: Well, Considering your, your creditor, just, Paul, maybe you're a director on that. <laughs> <laughs> you you know, follow know, about <laughs> I, Okay. I, I did that. Are we, d- are we done with apes? Because there's a story here. Uh, there's a story that's been waiting since Wednesday. Well, there are, saw,
4: there's best, There's saw. also people waiting to see who, if they won
0: ape stuff or not.
1: Oh, nobody cares. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we should, we should
0: right. probably take a minute to acknowledge the winners right. of the Planet of the Apes. Ape all right, week. Aaron. This is your
1: ape week.
3: You do this. Now, we offered two ways to win on our amazing... Planet of the Apes trade paperback giveaway, a trade paperback of the first four issues of the outstanding Boom Studios Planet of the Apes series written by and autographed by one Daryl Gregory. Um, Two ways to win. First way was to leave a comment on the blog, and the second way to win was to leave a comment on the voicemail. So we're giving away uh, two signed trade paperbacks, uh, one for the comment section, one for the voicemail section. And because no one left a voicemail, we won't be giving away that second trade paperback in this contest. We are still getting the the, the, uh, trade paperback, so we'll have it for a future contest, but no one entered for that piece of it, so we're not giving that one away. However, we did have entries on the blog, and our winner is... Big drum roll, please. Joseph Selby. Woo! Joe, I'll be getting in contact with you here shortly to uh, award you
0: your prize. Congratulations, Joe.
1: All right. I can't stand it. Go, Joe. I, we need to do this. <laughs> I saw a picture of Andrew wearing a red ragey ring. I've never seen Andrew say more than two curse words in a row. This this has to happen. Andrew? Yeah. Why don't you why don't you why don't you let it out? Why don't you right. why don't you puke up some burning blood? Let's do this!
4: And Here, this better on, be good because we've been waiting
0: since Wednesday to hear this.
1: Here, I got mine on too for you. Solidarity, brother.
0: I'm I'm putting mine on now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the mood. Okay. Wednesday. It was Supposed to be a big week in comics when so we had five books I wanted to get. Crazy, craziness at work, and you know, around eleven thirty I realized there was no way I was gonna get out to my comic book shop until after work. So I was pretty upset with myself. Two of my books were supposed to be on my poll. Uh, Two of them, the other three were on the shelf. I figured two I wasn't going to get because they'd be gone by the time I got there. And I figured that Amazing Spider-Man would probably be on the shelf still. Because they've been restocking it a lot since they sold out in three hours that one day. So over the last couple months, though, there have been several times of not having my books on my poll. It's never been anything major. It's been kind of pissing me off. So I go after work. It's about 6 o'clock. I walk in, and you know there's a young gentleman working behind the counter, as there always is. And I'm like, hey, can I get my pulls? He's like, sure. And he walks back, and I immediately notice when he walks out of the little back room that he only has one comic book in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> so he comes around with his one comic book and hands it to me. I look down, and it's the New Avengers. And I look up at him, and I look at the shelf, which is just destroyed. Oh. You know, there's hardly anything there. I walk over, I look for War of the War of the Green Lanterns Aftermath Part Two, because I think we all know my feelings about the War of the Green Lanterns and how good much I enjoyed Aftermath Part One. It's not there, so I walk back to him. and Said, "Hey, is uh did, did Aftermath Part Two not come out today? Was there some sort of delay?" And he looked at me and said, "Oh no, it came out. Well, it wasn't it wasn't in my pull box." He's like, "Oh," and he kind of walks back and is like fiddling back there. I said, "Yeah," because you know I've been. I've been getting Green Lantern since, like, Blackest Night. I don't know why it wouldn't be in there. And he looks up. He's like, oh, you know what? Aftermath was a special thing you had to ask to be pulled for. What? And so I looked at him. I said, well, part one was in my box, like, two weeks ago. Why, why would part one be in my box but not part two? I don't. I don't understand. He said, oh, you know what, the guy who does pulls, I think he put part one in everyone's Green Lantern. Everyone who got Green Lantern got part one of Aftermath. But if you wanted part two, you had to ask for it. That's when I might have got a little upset. Did you burn the place down, Andrew? I was like, what, what do you, it's a two-part series, two part, two, one, two, and it's done. You'd put part one and not part two. And did anyone say, like, when I bought part one, if that was the plan, it would have been smart to say something like, Hey, do you want us to pull a part two for you, too? No, not like that. They're rocking their 1982 file card technology. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just I can't understand. I cannot comprehend the words he's saying at this point. And it sounds like bullshit to me. It sounds like he's just making up a story because he knows I'm going to be upset about this. And he doesn't want to accept uh, blame because, you know, why should he care? He doesn't own the place. He's not, you know, one of the main employees. He's just working there probably for his minimum wage. What does he care? But I have money. I want to give them money. Why are they making it hard for me to give them money? So I went and kind of stared. I was a little upset, J- just a touch. Uh, and I went and looked at the shelves, and uh, you know, I found my Amazing Spider Man. And when I walked back, I was checking out, and after thinking, about, I was like, you know, I just want to close my pull box. You know, screw it. I don't want to have a pull here anymore. And the same guy looks at me, and says, "Well, oh, okay, that's fine, but but why do you want to close out your pull? What's your reason?" <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Did you have a <laughs> Did you have a stroke in the last five minutes? You don't remember what we just went through. <laughs> but no, so I was just like, well, you know, if I can't count on things beyond my pull, what's the point of having a pull? So uh, yeah, I set that on fire, <laughs> uh, and. DC is going to same day digital distribution in what two weeks three yeah, weeks two weeks two weeks. So I'm doing all my DC. I'm going to start doing all my DC online, uh, and I don't know exactly what I'm going to do about my Marvel stuff. But uh, I, I'm I'm trying to find a way to detach myself from from this comic book store and this dysfunctional relationship I'm in. <laughs>
2: Well, you could look into Discount Comic Book Service online. If mm-hmm. you pre-order them, I mean, you'll get them the, the, you know, the day they come out, and they're cheaper than you would get them in the comic store.
3: Do they actually deliver that fast? Yeah. Have you used them before, Paul?
2: I ha- I've, I have not, but I know a couple of other uh, comic review podcasts do. Yeah. I, they get their stuff.
3: I've looked at it, but they don't take American Express, and that's the reason uh, why I've never utilized them.
0: Balls. I thought American Express worked everywhere.
3: Uh, you know, it's it's everywhere you want to be, I think, except uh, DCBS comic and book. at El yeah. Camino Comics. <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh, strictly cash service. There. Yeah. Uh, it's because you know, those yeah. comics fell off the back of a truck.
0: <laughs> yeah. well, it's, it's hard to run a phone line into your El Camino, yeah. you know, that you're selling things out of the back of. So maybe I shouldn't be surprised by their service, but... I gotta say it was my breaking point. I reached it, and I'm I'm done with the place yeah. as much as I can be. Wow, I'll miss the stories. <laughs> well, I'll miss, I'll miss he, She. I've you know every now and then I see her and we smile and talk and I, I, how, where am I gonna see her now? Or him? I he, thought we
2: decided that was a dude.
3: <laughs> Andrew Why? has decided that it changes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is a dude, but I still like to refer to him as he, she, and it. Because it, it amuses me, to be honest.
4: You know, It's kind of funny how bad your comic book store sucks when mine was doing a 90% discount on all back issues.
0: I hate I you, Wayne.
4: Bought, I bought <laughs> so many comics over the last two weeks and spent so little money on them. Yeah even with stacks
3: of 20 for like three bucks it's great well and you know my comic shop has got you know a huge quarter comic sale going on which you know is awesome and i hate you yeah yeah look at everyone
2: talking shit (laughs) hey yo paul you
3: you visited my comic shop this week what'd you think
2: i did yes i was in uh i was in dallas texas this week and uh aaron brought me to zeus comics out there and um i i thought it was very cool it's a cool shop they uh You know, my local comic shop is all about the comics, comics and graphic novels. Zeus Comics is as well, of course. However, they also have a wide variety of T-shirts and action figures and things like that. Um, So it's kind of cool. You know, I mean, I saw action figures I didn't even know existed. There was a Damian Wayne action figure that I wanted, but I didn't want it to get screwed up on the plane back home. So I did not purchase it. That's why you buy a seat for him. (laughs) There you go. He's not 18 inches like Galactus. He's like five inches tall.
3: Well, then you can let him ride on your lap.
2: That's true. (laughs) Just like Bruce does. Just stick him in my shirt pocket.
3: (laughs) So
4: do you guys remember when Fantastic Four 2 came out in the theaters and they had that giant silver surfer mannequin? You know, stand the actual you know physical one in there. Mm -hmm. My comic shop has one of those. They bought it from the movie theater afterwards. Yeah, and they've got it. It's partially suspended from the ceiling, but it's actually riding the shirt display down. So the first thing you see when you open the door is this giant Silver Surfer, you know, surfing his way towards the front door.
2: Cool. That's pretty sweet. I think I've seen a couple of comic shops that. Like stole the Silver Surfer from their local theater (laughs) or something, you know.
3: Down at uh, Austin Books, you know, uh, down in Central Texas, they have one of those, you know, eight feet tall Hulk figures from the Hulk Two. Oh yeah, you know, and it's just beautiful. You know, I've got my picture standing next to it. I want that for my house. (laughs) See, I would, and I told my because you can buy them. You know you still you can go out on eBay and buy them, and you know they're a couple of thousand dollars or whatever, and I told my wife that I want one, and I want to put it in the front window that you know that looks out on the lawn and at Christmas time we can put a Santa hat on him <laughs> <laughs> but of
4: course, none of this can beat Andrews store where when you walk in there's an army of roaches there to say hi
0: <laughs> no there's well you know there's there's the little paintball guns and there's the really dusty action figures from nineteen i don't know eighty ish i am guessing I didn't really look at them they're kind of disgusting. <laughs> Uh, and then of course racks and racks of unsorted comics that haven't been filed away yet. Um,
3: yeah. What I love about Zeus is you know he's all about moving his merchandise. So you know his new stuff, you know he'll if you're on the pool, you get your standing discount. And then as it doesn't move, he just starts cutting the price on it. So oh, I, you get a discount at your shop. Uh huh. And so, so I get a discount on my pulls, but I also. You know if on on the pools that I say, "Oh, get me that action figure, get me this, get me that my my discount will apply to that as well, but then you know as he's got merchandise that doesn't move, he'll put it on sale, and it's so like recently he had a big store wide forty percent off sale that applied to everything other than new items, and then you know Paul, you saw it, he had that big wall of just like dollar stuff. You know, so he's got like some manga and whatnot that hasn't been moving. So he's got that out there. And before Paul came to town, he had a bunch of action figures up there. And so I picked up, you know, the Mirror Master action figure for a, for a dollar. You know, and it's like a, a fifteen sixteen dollar action figure.
4: You know, and I'm betting like my store, if something gets sold out, like say all the books Andrew was trying to get, they'll offer to get that for you and have it there by next week.
3: Absolutely. And it'll be waiting in, it'll be waiting in your pool for you. And you know, they're nice and they know your name. And I, I also that like that
1: discount too.
3: Yeah, at my
4: shop they'll also go through and they'll pick the people that don't show up for a couple months at a time. And if something I wanted isn't on the shelf, they'll pull it from their stuff and give it to me.
3: I gotta say, if I ran a comic shop, I would not hold anything for longer than four weeks.
2: Yeah. And I, I'm it's most comic shops. Most smart comic shops do that.
3: And I don't even think four weeks. I think it'd probably be three. Because you know, the further you get away from that, the less likely you're going to be able to move that product.
2: You know, uh, Zeus Comics gave me a discount. I'm looking at the receipt now. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it was my my subtotal was seventeen ninety five, and I had a discount of two dollars and sixty nine cents. Yeah. That's like they gave They
0: gave some discount. northern carpetbagger who's in town for a week <laughs> <movie>, a discount. <laughs>
2: He got the
3: podcaster discount.
0: I <laughs> did. Oh my god. It, how uh, much is this discount? Uh I
2: don't know. It looks like about twenty percent, fifteen, oh, twenty percent. I think it's fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. I think
0: I'm having sweet. a heart attack, my arms tingly <laughs> this pain radiating my chest.
3: I'm so oh. sorry, Andrew. Oh,
2: I'm sorry.
0: It was a good time though. It was a good
2: shop. I, I have a bone to pick with Aaron though. What? what do you mean? Okay.
3: Now, I mean, how can you have a bone to pick with me when I took you out for dinner twice last week?
2: You did. You did.
3: I mean, I I, I bought you beers, and I fed you I fed you Mexican food. And, yes. and uh, you know, there might have been some
6: Chicas Locas.
2: Or not. But there weren't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's by bone. Yeah. <laughs> well, there were there were no Chicas locas. That's true. We did not get a chance to run out to Chicas Locas. And Despite the fact that there were no strippers, Aaron you managed to fuck me.
3: Oh, is that because I took, <laughs> is that because I took you out to half price books where you got to buy uh, a a book that you'd been looking for? No. And you got I to pay, buy, I, How much did you pay for it? You paid 50% off retail
0: on it. I did. Aaron, I did.
4: I, I, I believe he's talking about what happened in the back seat of your car.
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm sure. And Paul, I'm sure that Aaron probably took you to a nice microbrewery, local place there, you know, and, and took you for out for a nice lunch and some drinks. Andrew, no, no, son to of town. a bitch, I am. I will cut you. <laughs> <laughs>
6: no,
1: no, no, none of this. I mean, I was feeling be... sorry for you, Andrew. Now you can kiss my ass. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you weren't even in town yet, Tim. Why are you angry?
1: Was driving fast. <laughs> It, uh, I'm before? sure.
4: I'm sure Paul peppered the area with his business cards too.
1: I should have. <laughs> oh, I it. It took the ring off. It's coming back on. <laughs> like the
0: it's like the best hits right now Our great <laughs> hits.
1: Paul, how did Aaron fuck you? So we're going to And Aaron's, you know,
2: I'm looking at the shop. I'm like, oh, there's fear itself number five. I don't think anybody's reading that. Aaron says, I'm reading that we should read it together he doesn't say it like that but he implies it. he implies that I should be buying fear itself number five
3: I and was I, I was using my Jedi mind tricks on him
2: he was he was, <laughs> and, 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 and I bought fear itself number five and Aaron you fucked me on this book man
3: I don't think that's true
2: you fucked me hard. How
3: can I how could that happen when you've got Matt Fraction writing it,
2: Stuart Amone
3: drawing it, and you've also got Wade Von Graubadger working on it.
2: Well, by having Matt Fraction write it. Yeah. <laughs> this is for everyone who dropped Fear Itself number 5 or Fear Itself after number 4. Yep. Worst issue of the series so far is number 5.
0: Thank <laughs> it god it
2: get worse.
0: I got out. Oh
2: my God! This book was absolutely, absolutely, absolutely terrible.
0: Cause four was you know,
3: horrendously bad. Well, uh, Paul, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you on that. Okay, I, I, okay. I think you have to separate it out. I, I mean, we, we had this conversation in four, and I just think we need to clarify. The artwork is beautiful. Absolutely. Okay. So you can't say that the book is absolutely terrible. You could say, however, that the writing is absolutely terrible.
2: Yes, I will correct myself. Stuart Amonin, uh, what's-his-face, Von Graubadger? (laughs) Von (laughs) Graubadger! Wade Von Graubadger. Those guys are going to be superstars after this book. Matt Fraction, however, Matt Fraction has now written a book where uh, Spider-Man walks up to Captain America in the middle of Blitzkrieg USA and says, Hey, um... I don't know if we're going to win this one, so I'm just going to cut out and spend time with uh, my loved ones and, uh, you know, catch you guys on the flip side. That's what happened in Fear Itself number five.
4: With great power comes flaking out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Spider-Man's like, oh, hey, by the way, you know, this doesn't look so good. Um, You know, and though we're heroes and shit happens like this all the time, I think I'm going to go spend time with my family. So uh, I'll catch you later. I think that's in the Coyotes playbook.
0: Well, I like I like how he felt the need to check out with his shift supervisor too before he actually left the the premises.
2: Exactly, he he didn't just leave. He he did ask. Yeah, Cap said yes, and he didn't backhand him or kick him in the nuts. He said, "Sure, go ahead, have a good time." What? I
3: I have to say that I don't care for the way Matt Fraction voices some of the heroes, like Odin and Thor.
2: Oh yeah, Thor. We got to. Are you going to read Thor's favorite line in this book?
3: Oh, which one was that?
2: Okay, so Thor. He's he's doing battle with the Thing and the Hulk, and he looks at the Thing, and he says, and you know, he 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 basically throws uh, Mjolnir through the middle of the Thing. Yes. I mean, like through his chest, and he goes, "And him, I liked," and then he looks at uh, Hulk and he says, "But you, you were always a giant pain in the ass," because that's how Thor
3: talks. Yeah, I. Yeah, just uh, just not well written. I mean, and I understand that they're trying to get away from the yays and the verales and all of that kind of Shakespearean sort of of uh, English for for the Asgardians. But man, he's just speaking so you know modern. I, I find it rather off putting. I mean, I think you could you could get rid of the Shakespearean and just have him speaking in a formal voice. You know, Actually, I don't care
2: for it. That's well, weird. and it, th- this entire book is awful. I mean, we have Cap. He's facing down the serpent. And he says, you know what I loved playing when I was a kid? Catch. And he throws his shield. And I'm like, seriously? That's something Stan Lee would have written back in 1964. Yeah. That's just an awful, cheesy line. And, you know, the serpent actually does catch his shield and uh, smashes it into a billion pieces. Yeah. <laughs> catch. <laughs> That's <okay>. so <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yeah. Apparently they were writing for Tim. <laughs> it's it's really a very very poorly written book. Um, I, I just it, it, every time you think that it can't get any worse, it does. It's blessed by some amazing artwork, though. Uh, I, I really I think the pages are just beautiful. But you know, beyond how poorly the the characters are written, there's also really no meat to the story like for instance the, the big tease on the cover and at the end of of uh, issue 4 was that iron man was going to be doing some contract work for odin right and you don't get to see any of that in this book they talk about it like on a couple of panels but you know clearly they're saving that for issue 5 and it's just a little frustrating when you know they show on the cover iron man with a hammer forging a sword you know you're thinking this is going to be kind of cool you know there's going to be something, something really neat happen in this book no no, just uh, just more bad story.
1: So I think what Paul is saying, Aaron, is that that's four dollars he could have put into a Jell-O'd up uh, midget wrestler.
0: Yeah. Mm. I, I really
1: could have. All four of them would have gone
3: in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Red jello does taste the best.
3: But, you know, there was a good Fear Itself
0: book. Yep. New Avengers Fear Itself number 15. I have words about this the, book. This was the second New Avengers Fear Itself tie-in. The first one featured Mockingbird and this whole confessional, what she was doing during Blitzkrieg. This one has the same format, except we're, we're following the story of Squirrel Girl, and Paul has has thoughts. So, Paul, take it.
2: So, be- based on Andrew and uh, Aaron's recommendation, I went ahead and picked up New Avengers number 14 and 15. And I have to say, New Avengers is the exact opposite of Fear Itself, in that this story... Is great. The writing is great, but I hate the art on these books. I I, I'm enjoying- sorry, I cannot stand the art on these books. But you don't not like
3: enjoying Mike D- the Diodato yeah. art. Paul didn't like Mike Diodato, though.
0: Yeah, no, I do not, and I I, I, just, I love him. I, I I I like the art. It's not the best art ever, but I, I enjoy it.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm just not digging it. I, I think it's it, it just looks awkward. It looks. I don't know, I, and I don't like he 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 obviously uses photo referencing on some of the characters' faces, like he did with that Lawrence Fishburne issue, and well, I don't it, know. it 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 just the, the, his art just is not clicking with me, and I'm not saying it's bad, I just do not care for it, um, and I didn't like it back in Dark Avengers, so I mean you're right, I've not been a fan of Mike Diodato for a long time, yeah.
0: Well, that's surprising because, a little bit, because you're talking about how they're working. But in this issue at one point, Wolverine and Iron Fist are sparring together. And I got to tell you, from just a realistic way people fight, that was really well drawn and really yeah. well done as far as body positioning and, and movement. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the backyard sparring uh,
3: there at Avengers Mansion, particularly when Squirrel Girl kicks uh, Wolverine's ass.
0: Well,. The best best line in the book for me was when you know Squirrel Girl puts Wolverine on his back, turns around, throws both fists in the air, and goes, "Great Lakes Avengers represent." <laughs> <laughs> and Spider Man's re- uh, reply was, "Great Lakes Avengers is that is that a, even a thing?" <laughs> Love it. And I
2: mean, I, I gotta admit, I did enjoy the book. Uh-huh. I, I, I I had some concerns about it.
3: When uh, when she summons up the squirrel militia to attack (laughs) Wolverine.
2: (laughs) No, that was okay. But I was surprised to see Spider-Man in the book, considering he quit last
0: issue.
3: Well, but uh, remember Wolverine and uh, Luke Cage talked him out of
0: it. Well, they pulled him off the corner and had a discussion. Right. So he never actually left.
2: Wolverine defeated Iron Fist. And I know that sounds fanboyish of me, but it just doesn't sound right to me. I agree. It doesn't
0: ring true in in a in a hand to hand. Well, this is my this is the way my fanboy brain processes the logic. Is that Wolverine was out there having a nice little sparring match with Iron Fist. You know, two professionals they've probably spar many times in the past, and they're just kind of out there taking it easy, right? Then Doreen comes out there and just goes batshit crazy psycho on him. And he wasn't he was caught, you know, kind of in a different gear. He was down in first gear, she went to fifth before he could kind of get up to speed with what she was bringing and you know uh, he, he was down on his back but you know he pops right back up two seconds later yeah well
3: i i just like how she you know uh how she trumped him with the uh attack of the squirrel militia
0: one i like luke cage's response of let's keep those away from the baby okay <laughs> <laughs> well
2: it cracks me up her uh You know, uh, what's-her-face? Squirrel Girl has a hair-trigger moment in the book where she goes to to college. Yep. And she walks around college in her costume with her tail all out and everything. Well, I don't don't care. It's not
0: a costume. (laughs) She actually has a tail.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, the rest of it's a costume. That's so hot. I don't think – I think that fur –
0: well, maybe it is part of the costume.
2: If that's real fur, that's – I feel bad for Wolverine.
3: Well, it bothers me how her real fur could be over her spandex.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought they might be cutouts, but you're probably right. It's probably it's probably part of the costume. But no, the tail's hot.
1: <laughs>
0: for hint, for hint style. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, you've been arguing for furries for a month now, Paul. I hope you're happy. That's right.
2: I, I, I am. I had a furry-filled <laughs> New Avengers furry itself tie-in.
0: And, and we also kind of see – we also learn about Doreen, uh, Squirrel Girl. Girl's a little high-strung. A little bit. A little high-strung. And and also she kind of has – in the confessional, she has one of those kind of Dr. Necropath moments where she reveals she really just signed up for the nanny gig because she was hoping the Avengers would be so impressed where They'd be like, you need to be an Avenger. Yeah, that, did, that didn't happen.
3: <laughs> but she's got a calling to be a nanny.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's funny how
2: we're comparing everything to Knights of Rainsborough now. They stole our shit, just saying.
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, but no, so, I enjoyed it. I'm glad I picked it up. I, uh, I I really hope the artist does change at some point. Um, I heard that Dark looked- Avengers might be coming back. So if Dark Avengers comes back, I would be okay with Mike Diodato going there and putting Stuart Amonen back on New Avengers.
0: Have I you would- looked ahead to see if there's any any announced change yet?
2: No, he, he's on it for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I At would, least I, as far as solicitations.
0: I would welcome, you know, Stuart
3: Amonin on any book, but I sure did enjoy him on New Avengers. But, you know, I got to say, I'm enjoying Deodato. I know that uh, you don't, Paul, but I get a kick out of him. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, Spider Island, part one Amazing Spider Man number 667. What'd you boys think? Can I,
4: can I just say Carly is by far the best most interesting girlfriend peter has ever had in the history of the title
2: it's because of her boobs is that why you like her so much those, the tattoos. those are nice though
0: <laughs> <laughs> standing upstairs you know upside down in a flimsy little top
2: yeah humberto ramos enjoyed her on that scene just saying
4: <laughs> she is just a really fun character i like that all throughout it you get to see the uh, the tattoo the spider tattoo is in a bunch of different scenes there Yep, but the the way she's laying on this guilt trip without even knowing it through the whole book. Well, of course, I told you first thing when I got powers. We're we're in a relationship. That's what we do, right?
0: <laughs> that was fantastic.
3: The guilt, guilt, guilt. Oh, she is so wonderful as a character.
2: I uh, I enjoyed this book a lot. Okay, I, uh, can,
3: can I point something out? About this yes. book, I'm sorry, Paul. I didn't mean to step over you, but there's something I feel that's key that we have to point out. Yes. Okay. So in Fear itself, Asgardian ancient, you know, pre-Asgardian gods come down and habit bodies wreak havoc worldwide. Okay, and really for the first three issues of Fear itself, the Avengers are nowhere to be seen. True. Right. Yeah, Yeah, they're they're not effective. They're not doing anything much, you know. But here we are in Spider Island, a localized event in Manhattan with really just some shit happening in the street. The Avengers show up in force to take care of the spiders.
4: That's because they had Cloak and
3: Dagger this time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, not (laughs) just the Avengers. You got gravity in there, too. Cloak can just teleport you right in.
4: Just saying... the, uh, I think it's the Young Allies there. You've got the Avengers. You've got Cloak and Dagger. It's like everyone shows up for this. Maybe this is why they weren't helping out with Fear Itself.
3: <laughs> I, I got to say, I think this should have been the summer crossover. Yep. As opposed, This should have been the big summer event versus Fear Itself because yep. much better done already.
0: At this point, I've decided that fear itself happens in an alternate reality and (laughs) in no way affects mainstream Marvel uh, continuity. Yeah.
4: I mean, and it has your friendly neighborhood spider cop. It does. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait for some of the future issues to see other people get powers. I want to see J. Jonah Jameson swinging around the city. I want to see Mary Jane with powers. It's I'm really looking forward to more of this story.
1: Mary Jane had my favorite line in this book.
6: <laughs> She's,
1: I swear, if we're doing the clone thing again, I'm going back to L. A. <laughs> 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 what
2: I, what I loved about this book was all the the cameos by the previous Spider-Man costumes. Yeah, I mean, you see Scarlet Spider, you see Iron Spider, you see the FF uh, Spider-Man. I mean, all the different Spider-Man costumes, and not just. Uh, for, for fans of Umberto Ramos, he snuck in characters from some of his previous books too, which was pretty awesome. It just in crowd scenes,
4: yeah, so, the Scarlet uh, Spider costumes there. There's uh, basically the Blob as a Spider-Man at one point. Big, huge, fat guy leg on another Spider-Man. Yeah, it's yeah, the art
2: dynamite. Yeah, I
4: it really is. Yeah. Wait,
2: wait, 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 wait. Did Wayne just compliment the art?
4: Yeah. No, I talked about the costumes. I don't like oh. the art.
2: Oh. Okay.
0: Well, you know, speaking of Jay Jonah, at the end when he's there in his command center and he's yelling to everybody and he's talking about how every, he's like, you all mocked me for putting 30% of the city's budget into it, into the Spider Patrol. Well, who's laughing now? And this little kiss ass like, no one, uh, sir. You're a dang blasted <laughs> visionary, Mr. Jameson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 30% of Manhattan's New York City budget going into the anti-Spider Patrol.
3: Everybody uh, should have one of those tickles me
2: so spider island off to a very good start now at the end of the book there is a checklist of uh the numerous tie-ins. i think there's probably about 20 tie-ins are you guys picking up any
0: of the tie-ins no we we actually talked about that a couple weeks ago yeah. well, are, we, are we not here for that discussion
2: no i wasn't i quit remember
0: oh um. yeah <laughs> i don't do tie-ins
4: anymore except for the flashpoint ones that i've been doing like crazy
0: <laughs> I, I don't do them anymore, but I do like crazy. I like that, Wayne. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I think I might pick up the Spider-Girl one
0: next I thing. will. I, I'm uh, going to pick up Spider-Girl.
3: I'll, I'll pick up the ones that tie into books I'm already reading, but I'll also pick up Spider-Woman, um, the Spider-Woman one shot that's coming out.
2: But, you I know, like the Shang-Chi ones too. Shang-Chi. Oh,
3: fuck. Yeah. I'm yeah, all yeah. over the Can't Shang-Chi. Get Shang-Chi. I, and I got to tell you, you know, from the uh, from Dan Slot writing Shang-Chi, it's just made me horny for Shang-Chi. I need a <laughs> Shang-Chi book. I really do. I need a, a Shang-Chi monthly ongoing because, man, I love that character.
2: Well, from what I hear, just putting that out there, Shang-Chi will be popping up in the pages of Secret Avengers soon in an issue drawn by David Aha, the guy who did Aha. It. Uh-huh or aja whatever A-J-A I i believe it's aha
0: aha
1: oh take on me <laughs> take me stop it
0: that's all, that's, that's all you get
1: Thanks. yeah all right you
2: didn't even finish the line playing. well
0: i started to do it and i got real self conscious yeah. <laughs> and i was like this is being recorded maybe i should stop
1: I've heard you in Smurf voice, Andrew. You have you have no no way to doubt your singing voice.
0: That was that was so good. I love if that not, Smurf episode.
4: If we're not gonna see you for a while, Andrew, you need to really make a fool of yourself this time. Push it to eleven.
0: <laughs> so uh yeah, I think we're all excited about it. Amazing Spider-Man, but I think I think there might be a little disgruntlement about Ultimate Fallout Four and Five and in Marvel in general, isn't there? Well, Aaron Wayne, you know,
3: I have a couple of things. Um, Ultimate Fallout Four was, of course, you know, those came out two weeks ago. Um, it introduces the new Ultimate Spider-Man, who is uh, named Miles. And Miles is uh, part African-American, part uh, Hispanic, and all awesome, um, maybe. Uh, huh. <laughs> you know, I, I really enjoyed Ultimate Fallout number four. Um, I think I might have preferred it had Marvel not spoiled it for me the day before it came out. Yes.
4: I am getting so pissed off with Marvel and their spoilers. The uh, They just released an article saying that at some point they may make the character gay now. <laughs> the uh, before we even saw the character we saw pictures of him you know plastered on the internet the day before yeah the uh, you know i walk into uh yeah. to my comic shop this week and they have the the little free giveaways for the next big iron man story involving the dark phoenix it's like, i can't turn anywhere without
3: marvel spoiling their future storylines well i i just i don't I, I know that it's marketing. I know that they're trying to jazz people and get them into the stores and whatnot. But you know, those of us who are excited about Wednesdays, you know, are a small group. Um, I think they could let us have the Wednesday and do the, yeah. the press release. You know, Thursday. You know, I'm getting stuff spoiled
4: by my wife, and she's like, "Oh, I just assumed you'd already read it like a month ago." I'm like, "No, it comes out
3: tomorrow." Yeah. Well, and, you know the the of course the book came out you know a week ago Wednesday. Um, Sunday was the rumor, you know, that that was going to happen. And Monday, you know, uh, there was a thing from Bendis online that said, hey, we're going to have a spoilery uh, article in USA Today. And then, of course, you know, the spoilery article came out Tuesday and said, hey, you know, here's everything you ever wanted to know about what's going to happen in your comic book on Wednesday. And I just – irritates the living gee out of me and you know they've yeah, done the same people thing. don't realize that the book's not out so even if you avoid the news outlets
4: i'm getting people walking up to me on last tuesday talking about it yeah it's like
3: that book's not out yet that's out tomorrow yeah wow. i i it, it, it's frustrating but that aside you know uh, you've got uh the fantastic four which is looking kind of spoilery for october yep you know um you know, it sure does look like that the torch is going to be back, and of course I never believed that he was dead to begin with, so, you know.
0: So, hold on. You guys are complaining about spoilers, and are you just spoiling something that's, that's going to happen next month on our podcast?
3: Something that's going to happen next month on our podcast?
0: Didn't you spring up this whole, no, no, the Fantastic Four. Aren't you just telling, aren't you, for everyone who listens to us, aren't you now spoiling that for them? Yeah, but they've already seen it on yeah. the website. I hadn't. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> So is it going to stay future foundation or change it back to Fantastic Four?
2: <laughs> there will be both. There will be a future foundation book and a Fantastic Four book with uh, number 600 starting in October.
1: But if the other books are future foundation, how can Fantastic Four say it's at 600 now?
2: Ooh. Because that's how <laughs> Marvel renumbers their shit. Because <laughs> yeah, you can't
3: apply
0: logic to the renumbering. <laughs> oh.
3: Yeah.
0: And this is exactly why I avoid people internet news <laughs> you know all this
4: aside cool. i really did enjoy ultimate fallout you know number four and five four i thought was the best of the entire series so far just because of the last bit of it yeah the, uh, the, there's a couple pages with uh with you know government officials reporters and things and uh Valerie takes the basically has to call them and say, We've got about two hours before the world knows that the US government created mutants. That was the best cliffhanger ending that I've seen in a while from Marvel, and they don't pick up on it
3: at all with issue five. Yeah, you know, the the way they're writing Ultimate Fallout is is, you know, kind of short scenes. And so it's all set up for the books that are going to come from it. Right. And so, you know, you'll have a different writer and a different artist for each scene. And some of that works really well. Like, I I would say Ultimate Fallout number one worked really well. I would say that Ultimate Fallout number four worked really well. I have mixed feelings about Ultimate Fallout number five. Um, It was real heavy on Quicksilver, you know, uh, Pietro Maximoff. And, yeah,
4: it was his book basically. And I
3: hated the artwork. I absolutely hated the artwork, um, and it doesn't help that I don't care for you know the Quicksilver character in either universe, either the standard Marvel universe or the Ultimate universe. Um, and it was just you know I, I just didn't care for it. The artwork is kind of granular. The artist is really good at faces, not so good at anything else, and a lot of the poses just seem very artificial. You know um everything every pose that uh the the characters have is very dramatic and sweeping but in the in the in the dr- dramaticness of it there's no real flow to it so it just looks like the guy's hand is up in the air for no good reason and pietro's yeah. holding his hand to his brow for no good reason it's just you know you can tell it's something that the artist is interested in but he really hasn't made it seem organic to the motion so yeah i didn't like the look of either
4: pietro or uh Nick Fury in this issue. Yeah. Nick Fury didn't look right either to me.
3: Yeah, no, he didn't. And just the, the – I thought in terms of artwork, Ultimate uh, Fallout 5 was much weaker than the earlier books. Um, always nice I, to see Wanda and Pietro in bed together. <laughs> <laughs> I mean really there, there is nothing hotter than brother on sister action so brother on dead sister action Yeah, i mean that's just that's just hot. that pushes it up another notch there that's uh, just uh, hot.
4: <laughs> <laughs> i have to say that i'm really excited about what's going hot to happen brother with on the sister ultimate.
3: action that's what you're excited about
4: no <laughs> with what's going to happen out of the ultimate universe after this i'm going to be picking up a bunch of the first issues of the ultimate titles i'll pick up the new ultimate x-men i'll pick up the new ultimate spider-man I don't think I'm gonna get Hawkeye, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be
3: picking up almost everything. I think I'm picking up everything. I'm, I'm excited about all of it. I I really think that they've got the Ultimate Universe heading in the right direction.
4: I'm excited. And it's about time after you know the back steps they've been taking.
3: Well, you know they had to recover from the Jeff Loeb books, and and it takes a while to dig yourself out from that much crap.
4: Yeah, and they've reestablished Reed Richards as a another driving force.
3: Yeah, and I like his kind of, you know, they've got an ultimate version now of the Future Foundation. You know, except, you know, you, the Future Foundation in the in the regular Marvel universe is friendly and light and happy, and we assume that the Ultimate Future Foundation not so much. <laughs> so, I'm kind of digging that. So I, I, I think you know if you're not reading Ultimate Fallout, you know uh, I'm sorry, but you really ought to be picking up when they come out the new ultimate books because I think there's some exciting stuff going on over there. Yep. But,
4: it's one more thing I'm jumping back on just like Green Lantern.
3: So Andrew, did you want to talk to us about uh, Green Lantern uh, War of the Green Lanterns Aftermath number two
0: <laughs> <laughs> So you're excited about it. Tell us all about it, Andrew. Aaron, sir, I will fly down to Texas and drown you in your own pool. <sighs>
3: nice. So uh, for those of you that don't shop at El Camino Comics. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, I was so
4: happy with this issue.
6: Oh. This, is,
4: this was a Kyle issue. I mean, he really had a chance to shine. And he is my favorite Green Lantern. So. I couldn't have been happier with this issue, I think.
2: Paul, did you pick this one up? I did. Um, I don't think I was as happy with it as Wayne was. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was a pretty decent issue. I thought it was a pretty decent wrap-up to the ongoing threads with, you know, at the same time, well, I say a pretty decent wrap-up, but literally nothing got wrapped up. Um,
4: No, I treat this like, even though it says Aftermath, I've been approaching this as a prequel. Because I'm jumping onto the titles again after having been gone. And this functions very well as a prequel. If I were reading this as an aftermath, and it's
3: not an aftermath in any way. So is anybody else bothered by the fact that the Guardians are torturing Sinestro? <laughs> because the Green Lanterns don't seem to be phased by that.
2: Yeah, they're like, oh, look what happened. <laughs>
3: well, most and, of them but, were there to kill him, so.
2: But, you know, you well, think Kyle go, hey, the
3: little blue dudes? They were torturing a prisoner.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, that's what they got to do.
4: You know, this is all just leading up to the new Guardians. I don't know how the new Guardians is going to happen, but that's what I see out of this. It's all leading up to the new Guardians somehow.
3: Well, clearly, but it just (laughs) – they knock the door down. They practically have him crucified. (laughs) <laughs> they're torturing him i would think somebody go hey you know i know we don't like sinestro but isn't this a little i don't know over the top
2: <laughs> well i don't think they're torturing him oh no, the no they are they have got it. him crucified and they're trying to get the ring off of his finger
3: right but the the you've got two of the little dudes zapping him and they're zapping him in the back paul Three of the I little think, dudes, dudes are zapping him, and they're zapping him in the
2: back. I don't think they're zapping him. I think they're creating the construct. A, the. Crucif-
3: I think they're zapping him in the back. And they've got him chained up. I mean, this looks – if you were if you were just restraining the guy and questioning him, you wouldn't have him crucified.
0: you put him on a table. Yeah.
3: His head is
4: dangling like he's been in a lot of pain and he's exhausted. Well,
3: and look style. at how they've got his legs. They've got him all pinned up behind him. I mean, this is torture. That's what the, this is, is exactly what they're doing, Paul. I know you're you're you are a guardians of the universe apologist. I appreciate that you <laughs> you are the guardians of the universe back pocket boy. But the reality here is that Sinestro is being tortured. I would expect if we waited a little bit longer, there would have been some waterboarding. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that I, the next thing is they're going to send him to Gitmo. But uh, this just isn't appropriate.
4: We are yeah, better. and I think all the people that were all the people that were there to kill uh, Sinestro, I think we're probably fine after that. Ooh. Oh, they're torturing him. Okay, <laughs> we're cool with you now.
2: Yeah, but then they take it back. They're like, eh. But then they just let him go without any real reason. They're like, eh, you know, the ring chose him. We're gonna do what we gotta do. And so he's just standing out there, you know, not tied up, not crucified. You know, the Guardians did a good thing. They let him go. <laughs> they're nice. They're nice Guardians.
3: Well, and uh, now they're gonna curb stomp Ganthet. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, the issue ends rather oddly because Gantic gives Krona's dead body to um, Atrocitus, and uh, the other guardians sneak up on him, and they're like, We have something to discuss with you. And he says, You know, I-, I had to give the corpse to Atrocitus, I promise, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, That's not what we wish to discuss.
3: And then they've so got the creepy not... zombie eye action going at him. At, yeah. You know... As they all reach to him, you're like, flesh. <laughs> was I the only one that, when I saw that panel, in my mind, automatically
4: filled out, dun, dun, dun? <laughs> yeah, it's
2: it, just it was an overdramatic ending. So I'm curious as to how, you know, are they making Gantt a guardian again? You know, what are they doing here? Or maybe they're just going to take him out.
3: Maybe they're going to give, give him pants.
1: They're gonna make him their
2: bitch.
3: Because you know that's they're what gonna I... torture him next. That's what I miss about Ganthet. I miss him in pants.
4: You know, Paul, you're you're gonna you know apologize for them until they torture you. You know, first <laughs> it's Sinestro, then it's Ganthet, then it's Aaron, and then it's gonna be you. And none of us are gonna say anything when he gets back to you because you're okay with all this.
2: Yeah, well, you know, they'll do Aaron first, so that's okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> do what you want to Aaron, but leave me alone. That's called battle cry,
2: basically. <laughs> that so, in the
0: face, <laughs> Captain Sellout.
2: But, so, so we four uh, Green Lantern books coming after this. What do you mean? Uh, Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps number one, mm-hmm. Green Lantern New Guardians, and Red Lanterns. Are you guys picking up all four first issues?
4: Uh, um, I am. I don't know about Red Lantern, but I will be picking up the other three definitely. Red Lantern, I'll flip through and try to decide
2: from there.
3: So we we did give Mogo a burial in uh, the sun there in the Oa system.
2: Yes, apparently.
3: And you know the uh, the sun now looks an awful lot like Mogo.
0: So Mogo's, a Mogo's sun now. Yeah, is that what you are saying? Yeah, that's what it looks like. I don't Mogo, it's to say. Living star. I don't care for that at all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think you'd have a little bit more okay witness with it if you'd read it. Instead of hearing it secondhand,
0: Paul. In fact, what we could do is we could read it to you, Andrew. Yes. Well, now so, that now we're getting somewhere. Funny, t- <laughs> funny book time with Aaron, Paul, and Andrew. Let's do this thing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. That's a, that's an issue of Funny Books Unlimited. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let so, me go get. So let so me the go get my
3: Opens book. up on the planet yes. Oa, space sector zero, and uh-huh. uh, Soranik says, "I am a doctor." I took an oath to hold life sacred, and you're oh. asking
0: me to
3: assassinate someone. Say dun, no, dun, dun. Witch. <laughs> say no.
0: <laughs> I get my teddy bear. I could get get in bed. Oh, it'd be great.
1: This is an awful idea.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I could get in, in bed with your with uh, the Scarlet Witch.
3: Well, you know, there's another awful idea, Tim, and it's Booster Gold number forty-seven.
0: Hey, that's something else I didn't get wasn't able to pick up this week. Do you want Great. to talk to let's us talk about it, Andrew? Yeah, let, let's talk about <laughs> it. Tell me all about it. Start on page 1. Okay, so I am really curious to know what Wayne
3: thought of this because, you know, Wayne and I both share a common love for Booster. I hated Wait. this book. I don't,
4: I, I don't think I could have I don't think I could have been more disappointed with this ending. Yeah, I thought the art went drastically downhill in this issue. I thought the ending made Booster out to be a basically this entire story arc we've been reading that seems to have been building up that was going to be so cool is just a minor throwaway plot that happens between the pages of uh, you know, a flashpoint makes no difference whatsoever doesn't matter in any way uh, all leading to him forgetting that this universe even existed yep. he was irrelevant they had an opportunity they have a character that they built back up that the fans love again that is a perfect character to play a pivotal role in Flashpoint, remember everything, work with Flash, and fix this, only to relegate him to C-level status, not put him in the Flashpoint title itself at all, and make his tie-in completely irrelevant. Yeah. I I enjoyed the storyline up until this issue, and at this point, I, I don't think I could have been more disappointed with
3: it. Well, and – you know, we we had met um, this character, this woman that uh, Booster has been working with in I- issues one and two. Her name is Alex. And you know, initially I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if she's like the Flashpoint version, the the Flashpoint Alex, Kyle Rayner's girlfriend from you know that wound up in the refrigerator?" That's like, what I was hoping. to. Yeah, and I was going, "That, that would be so freaking cool," you know. And so all of a sudden, out of nowhere. This romance blooms in issue 3. And it's like, you know, when I save this universe, I'm taking you with me back to mine. I'm like, "What?" <laughs> you know, Oh, I had I had no problem with that. I kind of I thought
4: there were seeds of the romance throughout I was hoping it would turn out to be that Alex and he would bring her over and then you'd have a love triangle over with oh. Kyle between new
3: girlfriend, Alex, and Jade. Well, and I was hoping, I mean, I was like, "Well, that would be cool though." You know, it because the the Green Lantern universe is, is remaining pr- pretty much unaffected in the the DC reboot. So it'd be cool to bring Alex forward and, you know, let him deal with that. I just I thought that would be kind of a neat story. But of course, no, they they generate this romance to do the thing you would expect them to do, to end it immediately, you know? Um, and well, they give you a bullshit answer to who wrote on the chalkboard in uh, Rip's lab. Yeah. I mean,
4: And her sacrificing herself was pointless anyway, because Booster has shields
3: and could have survived the blast to begin with. Yeah. So Paul – well, Wayne and I have ranted about this quite a bit.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the the book was balls. Yeah. You know, I'll definitely, you know, I'll agree with that. The book was balls. It was, you know, I got to the ending. I'm like, fucking seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. You know, he, he basically shows up during the final fight that begins at in flash point five, runs up on Barry Allen, you know, he gets, and then I don't know what the fuck happens, but then he goes back to the regular universe, except he doesn't remember anything. Um, and who's to even know if this is the regular universe? I don't know. Either way, books. I mean, the book sucked.
3: Well, I, I'm guessing but, that it is because he's on the cover of Justice League number one.
2: Yeah. Well, and so they have the this the girl who you think is dead, she becomes this spectral vision or whatever that writes on the keep on the chalkboard. Yeah. But if you turn the page, and all DC books this week that were last issues of something, right, have a preview of uh, the September New Fifty Two. And if you look at Justice League International number one, they, they show Booster Gold. And on the bottom left of that cover, that sure does look a lot like Alex with the long black hair, curly black hair. Could be. The book is yeah, written by Dan I, I, Jurgens. I
4: just we go look at the covers. <laughs>
2: but, yeah, the book's written by Dan Jurgens. It yeah. has Booster Gold. And that character looks a lot like Alex.
4: Could be. You know, and I <laughs> had been wondering who that character was going to be, too.
2: I think that's who we're looking at there i mean i don't know but i mean it seems like they were setting i mean because it it, it seemed i I would hope that it really wasn't that pointless to set up that character in such a major way just to forget her after booster Gold number 47 which was a piece of shit issue anyway
4: god it was so bad and i had one more major annoyance with this issue yes sir i thought the the panel of doomsday ripping his own chest apart i thought that looked good you know it looked kind of cool I don't buy it for a second. A being whose whole power is to adapt to anything and is to uh basically evolve can't evolve a mental failsafe to not kill himself?
3: Well, but you know, he always resurrects. So that would be in his next iteration. No one's ever done this to him, so he didn't have a, an evolutionary response to it until he, the next time he resurrects. Yeah, I just
4: can't buy the mind control being strong enough for him to actually kill himself. I thought it was a cool panel, yeah. and it was the only way that would make you know where the character actually would get killed by any of these characters. But I I don't buy it.
3: Yeah, it, this was not a good book, and which well, and is it, sad it because when art. I saw that Rick Leonardi was uh was going to be doing the pencils on on a big piece of it, I got excited. I love Rick Leonardi, but oh, me too. he was rather rushed on this book.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, and one thing that um, concerns me, not just about the art, but about the story. How does Booster Gold know that Barry's from our universe? Good question. Like he he says, Flash, that's the guy I've been seeking all along. And he's like, hey, Barry. And it's like, how do you know (laughs) that Barry Allen is in the same situation you are?
3: Um, Bad writing.
2: (laughs) Yes, bad writing.
4: (laughs) Well, I know he had looked looked up and he found that there was no no one using the speed force and that that was one of the big universe changes. And I kind of took it – that's how he – when he saw Barry, he assumed it. It's a huge, huge
3: leap of logic, but that's the only
4: explanation I could possibly give
3: for that. The only thing I liked about the book were the couple of pages and the two pages at Flashpoint or Vanishing Point, I should say, that were drawn by Dan Jargon's. Oh, yeah, the art suddenly went from crap to good. Yeah.
5: Well,
2: you know, from the last issue of Booster Gold to the last issue of Red Robin. Red Robin number 26 came out this week. The last issue by Fabian Nicieza and Marcus To. Um, Now, you know, we loved on this book for a while, and then we hated on this book for a while, and then it became just straight up mediocre. What did you guys think about the conclusion of Red Robin? Tim? I
1: loved it. I, I i i disagree i it we loved it and then it went mediocre but i thought the last three or four issues finally got back on track
2: that's true that's true you, you know, know the last I, couple I've, of issues have been much better
1: this this was this was like I, I think a very fitting uh period to put on tim tim drake at, at this point in the mar in the, in the dc universe the the, the story revolves around him um Convincing himself he's going to kill Boomerang because Boomerang killed his his father, mm-hmm. uh, way back in uh, what was that?
2: Uh, Infinite. Identity, oh, no, Identity crisis. crisis. Identity right. crisis.
1: Right. And so he's been planning this for a long time. Yeah, you
2: know that's uh, something I want to. You know, Aaron had talked about you know how the reboot would you know. One of the issues he had was that they weren't concluding any of the ongoing storylines. I feel that this basically puts a cap on the Red Robin saga. At least everything that's been set up so far with Red Robin. You know, I mean, of course, there will be more adventures with Red Robin, but as, as at the end of this book,
4: he won't have his um, own title anymore.
2: Yeah. The, all the ongoing plot threads are essentially resolved.
4: So, what did you think of this one, Paul? Because I may be the, uh, the odd man out.
2: I thought, it, I got to be honest, I thought it was okay.
4: Uh, I I found it disappointing.
2: I, I, I think it should have been a longer story. I, I think it may have been originally intended to be a longer story, maybe compacted to one issue. Um, I didn't dislike it. I mean, I, I did like it. I didn't think it was great. But, you know, I I, I like that it wrapped up the, the this Captain Boomerang thing, which I, I got to be honest, I thought he was okay with it at this point, but maybe not. Um, I had some concerns about his He has this interaction with both Batman at the end of the issue, and the conversations just felt a little eh. Dick Grayson's like, well, you did the right thing. And then Bruce Wayne's like, yeah, you fucked up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I I I thought that was a good contrast because in the end, Tim's like, no, you know what I did? I did things my way. I didn't do it your way. I didn't do it Dick's way. I had to do what I had to do after learning from what you guys have shown me. Yeah. And I and I thought that scene, like when he's standing over the water tower or whatever, I, I thought that was a good end. Yeah. Well, I think this was an important piece
2: for Tim Drake's character. I thought this was an you know, important development for his character because he's he's essentially broken free of Bruce Wayne Batman. You know, instead of trying to do things Batman's way or you know Dick Grayson's way, he is you know he's like you said he's saying you know this is the way I'm going to do things, regardless of whether they like it or not.
4: I think this was just totally doing everything Batman's way, except for planning a death at the end. I didn't see it as a breakaway at all. I thought it was a very poor character development for the character. I thought he was also over this boomerang thing, and trying to end it with going back to that was just a waste of time. I I have not been happy with a single one of the these final issues so far that DC's put out this month. I've been disappointed by every single one that I've gotten, this one did at least, I mean, it does put kind of a cap on some of this, and it creates a strain between Batman and Red Robin. But overall, I, I didn't think the story needed to be told. Red Robin was one of my favorite titles, and it got horrible. Then it started recovering, and it just kind of, for me, this fell flat on the end.
1: Oh, I couldn't disagree more. I, I First of all, I don't think you'd get over someone killing a loved one. I don't think that's something that just goes away. Even if they tell a story about it, I think that going back to it, I I think that's believable to me.
4: Tim is not a character to plot the death of another character, though. He's not a killer. He wouldn't think that he's going to be a killer. I can't see him going through any of these steps. I can see him taking him out And throwing him back in jail because that's the kind of character he is. And I can see an elaborate plan to make it not a simple path to jail. To make him actually suffer through the entire way. Because that's also the kind of character he is. I don't believe for a second Tim would be deluding deluding himself enough to think that he's going to take him out. That he's going to kill him.
1: And I don't think that's what he was doing. I I think what he was doing is he had to stare that demon in the face and go can i can i do the right thing even after setting it up so that i can wash my hands of the fact that it's my fault and i think all of it was was leading up to the fact that he he you know he came to terms with you know how he felt like he wasn't going to kill him
4: but there's no indication of that it's all about him planning the death and then deciding oh no i can't let mr freeze kill him i have to personally do this I can't let it be his own decision. I have to personally do it. And then when he saves him when he's falling, yeah, I think a part of that is just Tim not wanting to to be a killer. But you know, his mental thought processes are showing is all about it would be his own fault then. And Tim wants to be the one responsible for his death. That's not the Tim I've been reading all this time.
2: It it's definitely a striking difference. Then I mean, yeah, it shows. It's still Tim because Tim's the only one who can really plot this type of stuff. But it's it's unusual to see him planning someone's death. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I it was an I don't know. It was an odd issue. I think.
1: Everybody, everybody is going. We're going to talk about the Flashpoint Universe Number Four, and uh, the reason I'm going to take my headset off is because I read Emperor Aquaman Number Three. Which told me at the end of it, hey, if you want to read the rest of this miniseries tie-in, read Flashpoint number four, <laughs> which like, you oh, that's, didn't that's pick great. up. That yeah, that's fantastic. One wonderful. <laughs> so I'm gonna take my headset off. I'm gonna let these boys fap about Flashpoint number four, which I have to go buy now. Thank you, DC.
0: All right. <laughs> so the, the 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 other three of us did read Flashpoint number four this week. Aaron, the three who count. <laughs> what did you think about it you know i'm, I'm a little conf-
3: conflicted about it i uh i there are elements that i like i liked you know the scene where uh uh you know batman cyborg and flash gather up the kids to come help them. um i uh i i i'm a little off on element woman <laughs> which essentially is the flashpoint universe uh version of uh Oh, gosh, suddenly drawn a blank on his name. Um, Metamorpho. Metamorpho. Yeah, Metamorpho. <laughs> um, which is interesting, but she just seemed kind of out of place in all of this. Um, I got a yeah. kick out of her character.
4: Though. I'd agree she's a little out of place, but I like
3: the, the take on
4: her character, and I want to see her interacting with Harley Quinn. <laughs>
2: huh. Oh, that's right. Well, they're in the book. They're in that uh, Suicide Squad book together. Oh. I think, aren't they? But- I think so.
3: You know, once they got over to Europe and started, you know, having the big, you know, fight with everything, that's where I kind of feel like this book fell apart. Um, You know, you had the double cross that occurs in the book. Um, You know, Billy Batson gets killed by uh, one of the Amazons. I don't think that was actually uh, is that Wonder Woman who did that. It's hard to tell. I don't. No, the helmet's different. That's what. Yeah,
0: it's not. Yeah, it's not Wonder Woman.
3: Um, And then, of course, you know, finally. Uh, Professor Zoom shows up on the last page, um, you know, because we've been waiting for the for the uh, you know the big beat down between him and Flash, you know, for four issues, and so now I guess we're finally going to get that in issue five. You know, the bad guy really doesn't show up until the very last issue of the series. Um, I I thought the artwork was was fine. I I just there's something about it that just didn't resonate for me.
2: You know, I. I thought it was. I actually and I enjoyed that. I wish it was a little longer, and that's just a common problem I'm having with Flashpoint. It just feels like it's rushing towards the ending. Yeah. You know, it, it, there's not much time spent to really think about anything. It's just go 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 go. Okay, we're over. And that seems it's strange a lot to me of go without a
3: lot happening
2: though. Well,
3: it seems strange to me how rushed the ending is because Flashpoint, while the reboot has is a new thing. You know, that DC relatively recently decided to do Flashpoint's been in the work for a long time. And so it surprises me how quickly we're rushing to the end on these stories.
2: Well, and I wish they had timed some of this stuff a little differently Uh Um, because now I know how Hal Jordan, (laughs) the Flashpoint Hal Jordan series ends.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you see, how uh, Jordan's going to go off to war. Okay, I guess that'll wrap up in Hal Jordan's book. No, no, <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> I don't really need to buy issue three of that series now.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's a news report that says he got shot down. They can't. It, you know, they can't report it if it's not true, Andrew. Right. But that doesn't mean he doesn't get shot down in Hal Jordan number three, and then you know, does a behind enemy lines type uh, montage to get you know escape the hostile land that he parachuted out over.
2: Yeah, but they said confirmed casualty.
0: Yeah, it's a news report. Yeah, they can't say it if it's not true, Andrew. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true, Aaron. I, I, I believe.
4: And, that. and what we didn't see is right after that, right after the news report of Hal Jordan getting, you know, getting killed. Next, they were going to talk about all the Marvel stories.
6: <laughs> that was the
3: very
4: next thing for news coverage.
3: <laughs> Coming up, Spider Man's gay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, you know, I enjoyed Flashpoint number four. I don't have the issues I think you guys do with the speed and pacing of it. And requirements uh, I'm kind for of quality. A, what's that? And requirements for quality. Well, <laughs> I mean, so when we're talking about the Amazonian war, once they arrive in Europe, you know, you, you had talked about how you were a little disappointed in, in the pace. But did you have any other issues with it from a quality standpoint?
3: No, just that there doesn't seem, you know, their their whole strategy just fell apart. And I guess maybe a lot of that's got to do with the fact that you know Thomas Wayne is not Bruce Wayne. You know, there just didn't seem to be a whole lot of strategy there.
0: No, I don't don't think there was. I think I think the Flash was the brains on this operation, and the plan was to go in there and get the Justice League together and somehow magically. I think that's Flash's thinking. I mean, we're talking about the guy. Who, when he found himself without powers, decided that the right way to get them back (laughs) would be to coat himself in volatile chemicals during a lightning storm with a lightning rod attached to an electric chair that he's strapped into. This guy is not a planner. (laughs) You
4: know, it kind of feels to me like everything we've seen up to this point was just the prequel. Because we are only now finally seeing Professor Zoom actually show up, and it feels like the real story is about to begin with him. And that might just be because I really don't care about the Wonder Woman-Aquaman war that's going on. I'm not reading any of those tie-ins. I think the world that they have is very interesting, but I don't care about their war. Right.
2: Well, and that's one thing I want to say about Flashpoint. I feel like the tie-ins for Flashpoint have greatly increased my enjoyment of it oh absolutely i think if i was absolutely. just absolutely. reading this yeah the whole aquaman wonder woman thing would be completely out of out of-
3: yeah it wouldn't make any sense yeah. at all
2: yep.
3: and I've, I've been
4: picking up a lot of the tie-ins but i just don't care about aquaman and wonder woman oh, so and I, th- I i wasn't doing it. any of those tie-ins or the uh the lowest lane money there because that kind of tied into
3: that but i'm pretty much picking up every other tie-in that they're releasing you could have reduced flashpoint to just three titles it could have been Emperor Aquaman, it could have been the Wonder Woman tie-in, and the Batman book, and I'd have been happy. Because, yeah. I mean, all well, three of those titles are just terrific.
2: Yep, And Flashpoint Night of Vengeance, which we'll get to here in a minute.
3: That's what I was talking about the back. Well, he, he said that, yeah.
2: I thought you, you said the Batman one, too? I
0: did, I did.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't pay attention to you.
0: Yeah, so. clearly. No, uh, obviously.
2: Well, speaking well, of Emperor Aquaman.
0: Okay. Oh, were we not done? I was going to say one more thing just to sum up my thoughts, but but we can move on to the book I didn't get to read because uh, I have a crappy comic book store. So go, go ahead. Finish your transition,
4: man. Well, as I say, did Tim read
0: Emperor Aquaman? Do we want him to come back yet? Tim, Tim. He did.
1: Emperor Aquaman.
0: Oh, actually, no, I do have one last thing real quick. Did you guys notice on the last page of Flashpoint number four, the Justice League of America uh, 12 cent cover? So flip to your last page, though. Oh, the DC yeah, Nation all the way at page.
2: the end of the DC Nation,
0: yeah. Uh-huh. I love that. I love, especially what we've been doing, talking about Marvel. I love that that uh, that uh page. Yeah. And for those listeners who didn't read it, it's basically the JLA is out picketing, and they each have their different signs, and one's like, "Well, the flashes, everyone says, what do we want? Continuity. When do we want it? Now. There's one that says, the numbering stops here. Sorry, the numbering stops here. There's one that says, "What's the plan on Superman?" It's uh, it tickles me, but apparently I'm the only one. Yeah. <laughs> so, Emperor Aquaman, Tim, get in there. Tim, oh Tim A. Tim, you oh,
2: sets it off again because he said on the last page. Hey, do you want to wrap up your thoughts on, on uh, Flashpoint number four while he's off?
0: Yeah, I mean I guess yeah, real quick. I, I'm enjoying it. I think I think you guys are exactly right about the importance of the uh Aquaman and uh Wonder Woman tie-ins and I'm I'm quite excited to see how they wrap with number five.
2: Yeah, I'm 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 definitely curious to see. There's a lot that's gotta happen in number five. You know, they're wrapping we're
1: up we don't, a lot of all. We're the done other- talking about this.
0: Yes. Yeah, well, you know, I was actually talking about the letters page when you hopped off the second time. He doesn't want the letters page spoiled for no. him. No, actually, I it's not the, letter, the letters page. It's the DC Nation page he, that's in every book. He doesn't want that spoiled for him either. All right. I so that.
1: That's fine.
0: Yeah, that, that's what I was talking about, <laughs> the, the the JLA on protest.
1: Oh, actually, that wasn't
0: on my... Ah, uh, oh, you spoiled it, Andrew. Damn uh, it. I spoiled it. Jesus. <laughs> you guys Look, I don't really not w- I didn't want to have really to buy that
1: goddamn book, but Emperor Aquaman's making me buy it. So And Tim, how
0: how is he making you buy it, Tim?
1: Well because he there's no finale. like I thought maybe the finale would be in you know the Wonder Woman book, which is has yet to come out, but I guess not. I have a feeling the Wonder Woman book will
2: end up around the same place Emperor Aquaman number three ended. Well, that would be my guess. I, yeah, I, I would imagine the make you buy I, it. Flashpoint. I think
1: some of the things in Emperor Aquaman haven't happened yet. True. Yeah. Like, I, like I don't think that she caught Orm and the ant. My yeah, mom? so I
2: think that'll happen in the Wonder Woman book and they'll end around the same time frame mm-hmm. because Flashpoint number four, the, the last half of Flashpoint number four takes place after this book.
1: So, you know, they've been pretty good, DC's been pretty good about telling a story in consecutive points and I think it's like oh you know it's like that didn't happen yet oh well that's what's going to happen in in wonder woman 3 so that was kind of a downer but the the uh the fight between aquaman and wonder woman did not disappoint me except that it was a little short so well, I, I don't it know. Continues. Why, why, yeah <laughs> why, 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 i'll tag one of you guys in
2: Aaron, what'd you think of emperor Aquaman number
1: three? I dug it um I
3: particularly enjoyed the hey let's have dinner with uh you know the sovereign of uh of uh oh shit um Marcovia yeah, thank you marcovia you know let's uh, let's have dinner with him drug him take him use him as a weapon <laughs> and you know, Mira shows that she had second thoughts there. Aquaman did not. Nope, nope, we've got to yep. take him. We've we've got it we've got to turn him into a tool. Um you know, Mira showed that, you yeah, know, he's a good guy. We maybe we shouldn't do it. Drink the other wine. <laughs> no, don't drink the poisoned wine. But uh you know I dug it. I'm I, I I think these tie ins, you know, these three tie ins, Emperor Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Night of Vengeance, are just fantastic and really serve the overall flashpoint story really
2: well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll say the Batman Knight of Vengeance, which we'll get to here in a second. I don't know how – I mean I don't think it necessarily ties into Flashpoint that yeah. well, but I think it's a damn good book. Absolutely. Um, Emperor Aquaman and Wonder Woman are both good books that specifically enhance my enjoyment of Flashpoint, like I said. And you know, I would say – I think they're very think, important.
3: I think the required reading for Flashpoint.
2: Yeah, I mean I, I I I wonder how I would feel about Flashpoint, and maybe that's where Wayne comes in had i not read these books
4: yeah i because still of, love flashpoint i just don't care about aquaman and wonder woman
2: see but i think they're essential parts of the universe i mean the whole point of the story at least the, you know the the main crux of the story is this aquaman wonder woman battle that's being explained in their two titles right
4: nah the whole point's going to be the flash zoom
2: see and zoom. i maybe how did the difference. world
4: come to this that's that's going to be the the end point is how do they fix the world
2: See, and maybe that's the difference, you know, because I care less about that than I do about the resolution of the Aquaman Wonder Woman stuff.
6: Yeah,
1: there was there was a great line in this in this book about well, right, right in that first page where it says he glimpsed his own face and saw the scar that she gave him, and but the scar he could forgive, he could forgive, but never the helmet because she's wearing Mirror's helmet, right. and then every time he punched her ass, I was like, yes. <laughs> Kick her ass, Aquaman! <laughs>
2: well, and what's awesome is, you know, she she explains the whole thing. She's like, there were traitors. They caused everything that's ever happened. We should be at peace.
1: And Aquaman goes, you know what? Fuck you. You still killed my wife.
3: Aquaman don't care.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, I think what he said is whoever lives through this duel, you know, can dispense justice on those two clowns. That's true. And I was like, gosh! It's a so badass Aquaman. It was, she was badass. <laughs> but it was, yeah, I mean, it I, was kind of it was kind of creepy in the end, too, where it was like, you know, he knocked off her breathing mask and he was like, what did he, what did he say? He said, come, Diana, one last embrace like they were going to hug while she died. They're going like, to <laughs> <is so> <laughs> hug it out. That's so creepy. Hug it out. So good.
3: Well, I for me the standout book in Flashpoint, the standout title has been Batman: Night of Vengeance. And you know, you're right, Paul. It's it doesn't really, you know, it could be in almost any universe. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the Flashpoint universe. Um, it would be a great Elseworlds story. It really would. I God, I I heart this so much. Um, it is just such a fantastic book. It's the best Batman story I've read in a long time.
2: Oh yeah. And I love the way it ends. And yeah. Spoiler warnings on, because I I just have to talk about it. Because we talked about how uh, what's her face, uh, Martha Wayne became yeah. the Joker in the Flashpoint universe, and at the end, you know, uh, apparently he's already spoken to the Flash. Right. Cause he's talked.
3: And that world. was my only problem with this book, because I don't think there's a whole lot of time from his conversation with the Flash to resolve all of this. But you know, minor issue.
2: Yeah, because I, I don't know at what point, like at what point did he break from the Flash long enough for this to happen? Because this is only about a day. Yeah, but I don't remember him separating from the Flash. But that's besides well, the point.
4: Well, how long was the Flash unconscious after getting struck by lightning? Maybe this all happens in that time frame. Yeah,
2: that's a good point, because you know he he's talking to Martha and he's like, you know, I, I can I can change this, and Martha's like, you know, do it, but tell me, you know, about Bruce. What does he do after we're dead? And he says, he follows in his father's footsteps. And Martha goes, he's a doctor? And Thomas goes, no. And she gets this, like, look on her face. Like, she realizes, you know, that she, you know, she realizes Bruce becomes Batman in the other universe. And she just goes, batshit crazy. I just thought that was awesome. That was an awesome scene. Yeah. Just a, a really powerful, well-done book. I mean, great character interactions. I just enjoyed the hell out of
4: it. Yeah, and I love that it wasn't an instant change into Joker as we actually see how she became Joker Oh, here. and that
3: scene is so creepy. Oh, no yes. Way, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is just so creepy. It's, it's beautifully drawn, and the story is wonderfully told. Um, I golly, oh. it's so good. I mean, it just shows how Brian Azzarello is just one of the best Batman writers around.
4: You know, and I think you could do just issues two and three of this mm-hmm. without issue one. I don't, I think issue one was a standalone that really didn't didn't tie into the story in two and three nearly as much. I know you guys talked about how much you loved issue one. I was I thought one was okay at best. It was when two hit that was the one that blew me away, and this one just continued that. Yeah, I mean. If this were just a two-parter miniseries with issue two and three, it would have been just as good, if not better. Yeah.
2: Well, I think you know, it, for those of you who are staying away from the book because it's got the Flashpoint thing on it, you can still enjoy the series without really collecting Flashpoint. Just you know, yeah. consider it an Elseworlds tale, and it is just a damn good book.
3: Yeah, everything you need to understand this story is contained within these three issues. You don't have to pick up any other Flashpoint book to get it. I mean, you just – because it, it lays it out for you how Thomas Wayne became Batman. hmm You know? God, God, absolutely. It's just so good, Paul. I mean, this is what's going to break my heart is no more Thomas Wayne Batman.
2: I know, right? Because I've am I'm, I'm, you know, I've I got to be honest. The, the thing that makes me sad about the New 52 is there's no Thomas Wayne Batman and there's no Dick Grayson Batman, both of which I have enjoyed the hell out of reading yeah. more than I've enjoyed a Bruce Wayne Batman in years.
3: Yeah. Well, and, you know, th- there's there's got to be this just rich backstory to all of this because, you know, you think about, you know, Martha Wayne's the Joker, Thomas Wayne's the Batman. You know, what has been their relationship beyond just, you know, superhero versus villain? You know, have there been moments of, of lucidity? Have there been moments where, you know, where it's almost been like a, a Batman-Catwoman relationship? I mean, I, I just am fascinated by this. Would love
4: to She is such a wonderful uh,
3: Joker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just such a, a neat vision of uh of this universe. I I'm just I'm totally dig it. Totally dig it.
2: Well, who knows? You know, a Marvel still does series, you know, set in the House of M universe and, yeah. and things like that. Maybe you know, maybe somewhere down the line we'll see a, a Flashpoint universe night of vengeance miniseries again i'd hope so yeah because the, the team the team rocked it knocked it out of the park best of the tie-ins yeah
3: they and still do those I, I tangent would, books every now and again
1: <laughs> i, would, I would read a i would read a dysfunctional flashpoint justice league with aquaman and wonder woman in it. oh yeah that could be fun
3: that could be you
1: well know, i know if they don't kill each other which i'm kind of hoping they do but they probably won't
3: they well as they, they have, hug it out
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> So
3: you know, it's the end of Flashpoint: Night of Vengeance, and it's also kind of the end of uh, Andrew for a little while.
0: That that is true.
4: One of those classic good news, bad news scenarios. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: So Andrew,
0: yeah. Wait, the the bad news is that I'm going away, right? Right, Wayne. That's that's what that's That's, what I would say. That's one way to look at it. Keep (laughs) telling yourself that. (laughs)
3: Uh, That's how I'm interpreting your statement. So Andrew, tell people what's yeah. going on.
0: Well, you know, uh, I think most people know I have a son, and uh, he is starting to play soccer uh, next weekend, and which is great. I'm actually really excited. Uh, it's his first big organized sport, uh, so I'm kind of enjoying, looking forward to going out there, staying out there, watching them run around like a pack of piranhas after the ball. Uh-huh. Uh, but the bad news is all the games are on Saturday mornings. So for uh, the next couple months, uh, you know, barring rainouts and whatnot, I'll be I'll be out there on the fields watching them play so i'll I'll be gone from the show for a couple of months but you will be back oh yeah absolutely uh season gets done in mid-october so uh, i should be back right after then and this does not affect your
3: uh knights of rainsboro participation
0: no absolutely not my wednesday nights are uh still still free and open and in fact i think may even be on an episode upcoming episode of funny books unlimited i believe very exciting
2: yeah well we will be sad that uh you're not around especially when uh the new Fifty Two starts up in September, but you'll be it, around it, to talk about the second issues.
0: Yeah, well, and you know, to be serious for a minute, I guess, uh, you know, I I love hanging out with you guys and talking about comics and, and role playing on Wednesday nights, and and it'll be it'll be definitely a little bit of a hole in my my schedule not getting to talk to you guys every week.
2: Yeah, we're just gonna replace you. So.
0: <laughs> well, and yeah, because you know, maybe <laughs> I should say I'm gonna be back in October unless I have to wrestle Landriff to get the seat back from him. <laughs> We'll, well we will
2: miss you, you, Andrew.
0: Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah, we will.
0: I guess.
6: <laughs> <Aaron's> getting choked <laughs> off.
0: <clears throat> Wayne, I have to stay on the podcast so that next year at Fear the Con, you'll know who I am. No, he won't. He needs that constant reinforcement. I mean, it didn't help <laughs> Paul, but...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm hoping maybe I'll be different.
1: So we're t- we're taking applications, Mister Head, because I don't want to redistribute the workload because that would mean more work for me, and that's <laughs> fucking not going to happen.
3: No, uh, you know we are expecting uh, Mister Landreth to return to the show any day now. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, no, we we won't be calling out a talent search at this point.
2: Yeah, I, I, I know of. someone who's crying right now. <laughs> I do too. <laughs>
3: Um, this week, uh, we had a. Gerald del- Gregory. Uh, yeah. It is. <laughs> and Matt Sturgis. <laughs> um, Ron cars. We had a uh, delay in Knights of Rainsboro issue five due to some technical difficulties. However, by now, it should be out there on the feed. So uh, please go out there and enjoy issue number five Big Pink. Yeah,
1: te- te- technically, Aaron was too drunk on his bourbon. That's that was the technical.
3: Issue. I didn't start drinking until the site crashed. <laughs> oh,
1: <and> that was. <laughs> and
3: I was like, "Screw it, I'm drinking." <laughs>
1: yeah,
4: I'm, <laughs> I've been looking forward to this one because I wasn't there that week, so I wanna I wanna That's listen right.
0: to it. We do talk about you some too, if they if got made it into the episode. Yeah, it did. It did.
3: So yeah, this is kind of a fun episode uh, beyond just the actual. Uh, uh, Role-playing piece of it because there's a little bit of sandboxing involved in it as well. So uh, I think it's, I think it's a, a pretty fun episode. So go out there and check it out.
0: I mean, I it's,
4: it's immediately really, better because I wasn't there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's really, it's it's really a good look into the psychology and makeup of Hair Trigger. You really, you really kind of learn about her character uh-huh. and who she is in this episode. Yeah. <laughs>
1: good time. <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you get the, the hair cage oh, for the first time people demanded more hair trigger they're gonna get it
0: (laughs) that's right that's right this episode does have a lot of hair trigger
1: yep and a lot less ricochet we really should have just called it enter the hair cave no (laughs) that can't be the name of that well whatever or cut it later (laughs) all
3: right guys thanks a bunch